podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Big question. Big questions. And I'm sure Djokovic is going to make him answer those questions. Down the tee. It's a good first serve. Goes for the drop shot. Doesn't work. Love 15. Love 15, ladies and gentlemen. And that time the drop shot didn't work. It's worked, worked quite a few times in the last hour or so, but it didn't work there. Love 15. Alcaraz serving for the title. First serve is in. Backhand, though. Can he get the footwork going? He can't, really. And that shows the anxiety he's feeling. And Novak is going to make him play every single point here. Goes for the drop shot again. Novak chases it down. Alcaraz goes for the lob. It's too good. 15 all. Oh, what a time to produce a really good lob. 15 all. Three points away from the title. Can he do it? Can he do it, ladies and gentlemen? I'm going to have to stand up at this point. This does not deserve to be sat down for. Forehand return from Novak. Novak slips. Backhand from Novak. What a volley from Carlos Alcaraz. Wow, Carlos. Wow. Wow, Carlos. 30-15. Two points from the title. Is it going to be two match points? Or is it going to be 30 all? For those of you just tuning in, make sure you hit the like button. And if you haven't been here before, subscribe on YouTube. 30-15. Alcaraz, first serve is in. Forehand here for Djokovic. Excellent forehand, but nervy moments again from Alcaraz. He mishit that shot. 30 all. Match point or break point. Match point or break point coming your way. Alcaraz serving. He's serving for the title. He's two points away. His father looks to the sky. Huge first serve needed here. He gets it. And it's an it's the vol the return has gone long. We've got match point. We have championship point, ladies and gentlemen, for Carlos Alcaraz and his first Wimbledon title. It was the first serve that I said he needed. He got it. He got it, ladies and gentlemen. And now he has championship point. Ten years since Novak Djokovic lost on this court. But I'm telling you now, Djokovic won't be living in the past right now. He will be living in the present. But will Carlos Alcaraz be living in this present as well? Here we go. Championship point. Return of serve. But this should be an easy forehand. It's not. He's won it. He's done it, ladies and gentlemen. He falls to the ground. Can you believe it? Carlos Alcaraz ends the eighth Wimbledon title dream for Novak Djokovic for at least another year, ending the calendar slam bid. It's the first time in 13 months that Djokovic has lost a Grand Slam match. And it's the first time he's lost on this court for 10 years. Vanch will be joining us very, very shortly to dissect this final. So don't go anywhere. Alcaraz is... A Grand Slam winner again for the second time in his career. And for the first time in his career, he has won 
Wimbledon. I repeat, Carlos Alcaraz has won the Wimbledon title. It is his second Grand Slam. And I'm reminded of a of a discussion I had with Jack recently where I would I said he would win 10 Grand Slams or more. Jack said he wouldn't. We'd love to know Jack's thoughts right now. Oh, look at that. Juan Carlos Ferrero is in tears. Juan Carlos Ferrero is in tears. Wow, wow, wow. And I tell you what, I was nervous. The crowd were nervous. Millions of people around the world were nervous. But I tell you what, the most important guy, he may have been nervous, but he served it out. Wow. <sighs> Carlos Alcaraz is Wimbledon champion, 2023 men's singles champion. Deary me. Okay. Gather your thoughts, ladies and gentlemen. The King of Spain is, is applauding. The King of Spain is applauding. Ja uh, Djokovic puts on his jacket. It's been an amazing match that needed two players at times, almost playing at the height of their powers. I'll be interested to hear what uh, Vanch uh, would say about that in terms of the level that they both produced. Wow. Look at this, by the way. Look at Juan Carlos Ferrero there in tears. Juan Carlos Ferrero in tears. This one means so much. To win on the grass of Wimbledon. I thought he would one day. I did not expect that day to come so soon. Don't go anywhere. We will be here shortly with Vanch, who will discuss it with me to dissect that final. And what a final is it was. Remember, Djokovic won that first set 6-1. And it felt like it was only going to go one way at that point. It didn't even feel like a final. And we thought, is this going to be another disappointing Wimbledon final? Carlos Alcaraz, though, had other ideas. And remember that 27-minute game and just how important that game turned out to be. Arguably, it decided the Wimbledon title because it certainly decided that third set. And he won it in five sets, three sets to two, of course. Okay, Carlos Alcaraz is the Wimbledon champion. Take a bow. Speech is en route, as is uh, Vanch. <laughs> Terry, indeed he did. Vamos, Carlos, indeed, Antonio. For those of you tuning in on YouTube, make sure you hit the like button and subscribe. And stay with us, whether you're watching on Facebook, on Twitch, on Twitter, or on YouTube. Vanch and I will be bringing you our thoughts on the men's final very, very shortly. Wow. Let me know your thoughts as well in the live chat. Terry, indeed. You happy with that one, Terry? I know Antonio is. And I know Bernie is too, by the way. Come on, Alcaraz, he says. That was before he managed to serve it out so incredibly. I think at times Alcaraz did reach a peak and reaching a peak at arguably the most important moments. But listen, what were the biggest moments in the match? Well, the 27-minute game we had in the third set that arguably, no, undeniably decided that third set and, and basically gave the momentum to Carlos Alcaraz to take a two-sets-to-one lead. Another key moment in the match was 
when Alcaraz was serving in the fifth set and Djokovic had a break point. I think it was one game all. And the ball flies up and I'm thinking, this is going to be a really tough smash for Novak Djokovic. And to be honest with you, he elected the swing volley, arguably because he knows how tough a smash it was and also how smashes is not exactly the strongest element of Novak's game. As a result, he goes for the swing volley and he nets. Carlos Alcaraz goes on to hold his serve. Carlos Alcaraz goes on to break the Novak Djokovic serve. However, there's a long way to go yet. He has to do four successive holds. Or was it three? Whatever. Long, long way to go. But he did hold. He did hold. And he did hold again to become the Wimbledon champion for the first time. High tennis fans. Indeed. Wow, what a match. Let me know your thoughts in the live chat. We've got over 100 people here tuning in. Stay with us. We are not going anywhere. We will be with you for another 20 to 30 minutes while I wait for Vanch to join us as we dissect this Wimbledon final. He's having some issues with his internet, I think, so he said he'll be with us shortly. Ah. <sighs> Definitely, yeah, definitely. Come on after the trophy presentation. Okay. Wow, wow, wow. Trophy presentations are about to be done. Let me know your thoughts on the match. Manuel there, a game for history of tennis, indeed. It was a nail-biter as it promised and more, but so often they are not. So often they are not, but fortunately today's final delivered. But who expected that to happen at the end of the first set? I certainly didn't. At the end of that first set where Novak crushed him. He crushed him in that first set. I thought, wow. This is going to be a long afternoon for Carlitos in a negative sense. Uh, yeah, sure. I can uh, I can post it for you. Um, yeah. Wow. Thank you, Terry. I'm going to post this for you right now. It's in the chat, but it might be from a few hours ago uh, when I last posted it. And help the channel. Cool. Tell me your thoughts on that, people. Tell me your thoughts on that epic. There we go. Feel free to make a donation there to our PayPal account. It's there. Djokovic is receiving his runner-up trophy. The first time, of course, he's received a runner-up trophy in this tournament since 2013 when he lost to Andy Murray. I will be bringing you their thoughts. Carlos Alcaraz applauding his opponent. Djokovic now is about to give us some words. His wife applauds. Ah, before he does that, I think Carlos Alcaraz is going to receive his trophy. Wow, Carlitos. Wow. Yes, I agree. At the beginning of the fourth set, um, actually, he had chances, Carlos, to break serve and do this in four. 
I actually didn't think he would do it in five today. I thought if Carlos was going to win this match, he'd have to do it in four. I thought if it went five, Djokovic would get over the line. But I was wrong. Not for the first time, but I did predict Carlos Alcaraz to win this title two weeks ago. I said he would beat, he would win this title, and he did. He did it, Peaches, indeed. Do not go anywhere. Vanch will be joining us very, very soon. So, what an extraordinary final, indeed, he's, he's asked on the court. Wow, wow, wow. The applause for everyone in the crowd. Annabelle Croft putting the questions across. It's never easy to speak after a loss. But please try. <laughs> He's smiling. Not so good for me, he says. Better for Carlos. I must obviously say congratulations to Carlos. The quality he showed today was maybe just a bit better than me. Big, big. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Wow. I thought I would only have trouble with you on clay, he jokes. But now you're posing me problems on grass. Carlos, big grin. Unbelievable. Again, he repeats. For this year, you're having an incredible year. Congratulations to your team as well. As for me, obviously, I never like to lose. When all the emotions are settled, I'll be very grateful for some of these matches in the past. It's 10 years, of course, since he lost on this court. Unbelievable. Against Roger, for example. He's smiling at least. He recognizes. His kids are applauding him. Everyone's applauding him. It was an unbelievable match of which Novak was at least 50% responsible for. You won in Australia. You won in Paris. Another final here in Wilder. Hi, Max. What a final, Anastasia. What a final. Anastasia, would you like to join us? If you would, I can send you a link and you can just chat to me for five minutes on air if you want. We can have a quick chat about the final. Just let me know. Just give me a thumbs up and I'll send you the link. <sighs> what a final. I didn't see it coming when, when, he, when he lost that first set 6-1. Max is urging you to come on, Anastasia. No pressure, though. No pressure. If you want to come on, great. But no worries if you want to chill and enjoy these speeches. Okay. But better player one, he says. Better player one today. And I think few could argue with that. Just a word for Goran and your family. Yeah, no worries, Anastasia. But sometime in the near future, we'll have Anastasia on, I'm sure. 
We'll do a Twitter Spaces sometime soon, Anastasia, for sure. <laughs> he's smiling as he talks about his team, Goran, etc. Actually, he's struggling a bit now. I think he wants to thank his team and his family. Yeah, the tears are coming now from Novak. He says, I love you. Thank you for supporting me. And he says a couple of words in Serbian. Wow. Vanch will be with us shortly. I know he's going to join us very shortly. He's just um, trying to get some internet things. He's going to join us as well as we dissect the final. So don't go anywhere. Carlos now comes to the stage with the trophy in his hands. Many, many congratulations, Annabelle Croft says to him. Of course, a former British tennis player herself. You work so hard for this, Carlos. It's a dream come true for me, says Carlos. Of course. It's beautiful to win. But I'm very proud of myself. It would have been a tough defeat if it had happened. Unbelievable for our sport. He's congratulating Novak, who's an unbelievable ambassador for the sport of tennis. To play in these stages. To reach these kind of situations time and time again for Novak is insane. As he gets the round of applause from the King of Spain included. But he's very proud of himself and his team. Every day we've been working hard for this. And it's a dream come true. Juan Carlos Ferrero smiling now. He was in tears at the end there, Juan Carlos Ferrero, as, jo as Carlos Alcaraz went to the box and gave him a hug. I'm now looking at Carlos Alcaraz's father. After the first set, of course, that he lost 6-1, he's now reminding us of that. It would have been very disappointing to lose like that. And again, he congratulates Novak and just an unbelievable tennis player. You inspire me a lot, he says to Novak. Playing tennis, watching tennis. Since I was born. I mean, it's kind of true. He's 20 years old. I mean, he was a baby when Novak started to tear up the ATP tour. <laughs> yeah, you're 36, I'm 20. So, Carlos Alcaraz, Wimbledon champion. Another question now from Annabelle Croft, the former British. I think she was British number one. How special was it to play in front of the king? Somebody saying, ha ha. I, I know this person, but I can't remember who it is. I think, is it, is it Harry? I, I could be wrong, but it might be Harry who's joined the live chat. 
Harry, hit the like button. And for those of you tuning in on YouTube for the first time, make sure you subscribe. <laughs> okay, he's just reminding the King of Spain that I've played twice in front of you and I've won on both occasions. So please, you're a lucky charm. I want you to come more often. Just tell us about how quickly you've learned and adapted to this surface. Something, by the way, that Anastasia said. Anastasia, by the way, I've got the video evidence. It's there. We've had it on the channel before the match. She said he would win in five sets. And part of the confidence she had was the run that he went on through the grass court season of now 12 wins in a row. Five at Queen's, seven at Wimbledon. 12 matches, 12 wins. And, of course, it began at, at, at Queen's losing the first set to Rindenech. And um, something David Samuel mentioned as well beforehand. Let me just text David. Maybe David will be interested in coming on for a few minutes. Let me just text him right now. Let's text David, see if, he can, if he's got five minutes spare. Okay. Yeah, David Samuel as well. I think he was erring towards Alcaraz. Anastasia called it. I can see Vanch here as well. Hey, Vanch. Uh, hey, John. Sorry about this. Done. I had to do this on my phone because my internet is really bad right now. So yeah, I'm the phone is fine. It seems to be okay. Are you all right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, quite, a, quite a match. A lot to digest there. I know. Vanch. Um, Tell me what you were thinking at the end of the first set. At the end of the first set, I was actually of the belief, uh, contrary to many, that Alcaraz can turn this around. I saw the your tweet. Being... I saw your tweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I felt like rather than him losing a, a, a tight tie break or a, or a first set where it went down to the wire, uh, it would going to be harder to recover from that position and uh, all of a sudden muster that belief. I knew that Novak was going to come out probably a little bit of the stronger of the two. Uh, and, you know, he was able to stretch that lead to five love. And I was thinking, you know, if he can just get this deep into a second set and just make Novak, you know, have to earn it a little bit more um, and, and, you know, wait for the right moments to attack. He started using the backhand slice a lot more. He started, I, I did not think he would win a tie break. So I didn't predict that. But I thought, you know, he might be able to squeeze out a, a, the second set and then we have a match. And then all of a sudden we might get the five set thriller we were hoping for. That's kind of what, how I thought. We did, but listen, there's so many things that I didn't see coming. I didn't see the differential, let's say, in the first set coming. I thought it would be much closer. I thought um, that Carlos, I mean, at that point, I was a bit worried for the final, let's say that. I also understand where you're coming from mm -hmm. in terms of how you thought that, uh, you know, that Carlos would go on and get himself into the match and maybe feel a bit more relaxed. What yeah. do you think was, because I do think Novak could play better than that in the first set. Yes. What do you think it was for Carlos in the first set? Was it the sort of anxiety again or, or what was going on there? I just think he was overhitting from too many positions and uh, he wasn't calibrating his return right. He was going for way too much on second serve returns. He was, um, you know, once he didn't convert that break point, 
Um, I knew he was going to struggle in his first service game. The first, I've heard from people like the first service game you always play in, in a Wimbledon final, the amount of nerves that you feel probably. So I would say probably in that first service game, he felt a lot of nerves. But uh, once no, and, and then Novak just started to lo- really loosen up. And, uh, you know, it just, it, it seemed like it was such a struggle for Alcaraz just to get any kind of foothold from the baseline. And he was having to, he was basically having to win either really quick points or just wait for his nerves to kind of settle him. But I just felt like Djokovic was also very clinical. He, he made just one or two unforced errors the entire first five games. And he just wasn't giving uh, Alcaraz the chance. He, he, was, he was giving Alcaraz the chance to miss on many occasions. And Carlos was, uh, was taking the bait for a lot of it. Just a second, Vanch. I've got David Samuel on the phone. David, I can't ignore you calling me, of all people. That would be very rude. I am actually live on YouTube right now. I don't know if you can join us. I have. I've just sent you a link on Twitter. Sorry to interrupt you, Vance, by the way. Just sent you a link. So well, that'd be great if you came on for five minutes. Cheers, David. Bye-bye. There we go. David Samuel's going to join. Sorry to interrupt you there, Vance. Keep going. Uh, what were you uh, sort of... What, I've forgotten what we were talking about. I do apologize for that interruption. Yeah, yeah. The, the first set, I just felt like there was such a big gulf in terms of the serve and return dynamic and also the baseline game. Um and, uh, you know, I just felt like it was, it reminded me a lot of the 2020 Australian Open match against team, actually, uh, where yeah. team came out and it was actually Novak who was rushing team on his forehand wing and he was hitting it faster, harder earlier in the rally and just, you know, uh, making making Alcaraz just uh, stranded and not giving him much time to breathe on his ground strokes. And that's kind of how you have to beat Alcaraz because once he gets into the match and once he feels his his baseline rhythm and he feels like he can dominate with the with the big weapon of his forehand that he has then you're in trouble no matter how good you are so yeah indeed so then we have uh, i mean it's, there's so many twists and turns in this match but for sure the 27 so we get alcaraz getting a break at the beginning of the third but that's not really the story of the third set yeah. the third set story is one game that lasts well, how about the second 20... set tie break because i did i did think that oh sorry Vanch. yeah of course one of one of djokovic's uh most unclutched tie breaks that i can recall in a big match. yeah there were some unforced errors there that we wouldn't expect yeah. right yeah exactly and he was three love up and then he missed those two backhands in a row that uh, that you would not expect him to miss at all. He went for this drop shot at 3-2, which I think was the right play, but it was just poorly executed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also, yeah, there's a backhand miss at, on the top of the net at 6-5. If that tips over, maybe he, he has a two-set to love advantage. Um, and then, of course, there's a serve and volley attempt at 6-7, which uh, Alcaraz read like a book and he passed him down the line. And then, of course, then we get to you know Alcaraz getting the momentum, grabbing an early break in the third, and then, yeah, that 27-minute game that was... That was really big. Yeah, right. So the 27-minute game, of course, that had about, I think, 13 deuces. Yep. Um, and uh, obviously eventually going the way of of of, um, of, uh, of Carlos Alcos. We're just going to have David Samuel for a second. David, thank you for joining us from somewhere in the U.S. Are you in Newport? I'm, I'm in Newport, and I think you can see maybe behind me you can see a real tennis court. As so, opposed to a glass court. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just a bit too noisy out there for for us gotcha. to do it. Gotcha. David, so, um, what are your thoughts on Carlos Alcaraz winning that title in five sets? Well, I think, uh, as I said in the in the build-up, that I, I had a sneaky suspicion that this would be the changing of the guard. Yeah. And uh, so I... 
I'm not surprised. Uh, I think there's somebody very special here and the way he served it out and played that last game means that yep. I think his sense of fun on the court and, and understanding that it kind of that it's just a game it really really helps him. I just didn't didn't feel like um, you know I think he learned a lot from Paris and mm -hmm. uh, and developed incredibly fast over the grass to get to that point. But when the moment was there, he didn't hesitate, which is very very impressive. I agree. David, what is also interesting is that, that Carlos went into that Paris semi-final and the anxiety was palpable during the first set. I think perhaps it was also palpable during the first set today. And yet, arguably the most tense moments, the most difficult moments to get over that line. He didn't face a break point, I don't think, in the last couple of games that he was serving for. I kept saying he's got to go three more serves here, two more serves. But each service game, and okay, I think it was to 30 on his serve uh, in the final game. But the, the, the nerve management there was incredible. It was, and, and, and it wasn't like Novak gave away anything. Nope. I mean, that volley, was that volley at 15.30? Uh, May have been, yeah. I think, I mean, unbelievable uh, yeah. stretch volley. And, mm -hmm. and yeah, and just, you know, all first serves, just, uh, yeah. And, and, and Novak made him play. And, and you would have thought, you know, the first point was a little bit nervy with the drop shot mm -hmm. miss. And yep. then the next point, another drop shot, you know, and, and then the unbelievable topspin lob. So, yeah, it's, uh, I think once he had gotten over the nerves of the first set and then, and, and, and got into the match, uh, yeah, he, he, he was, uh, incredibly stable uh you know way beyond his years and i think you know two grand slams at 20 already <laughs> i mean we always say that you know the grand slam records are just you know ridiculous <laughs> now novak and and uh and rafa and roger well maybe he has a guy who's going to just smash through it you, you, you never know obviously it's a long way to go a huge amount uh, to do still but but on this uh you know, on this kind of stage to do it so quickly. I saw him play his first round in Queens and he was doing all the right things, serving, volleying and everything. I thought, and I think he faced the match point even in that first round. And I remember thinking he's preparing the ground for next year okay. you know, he, to beat Novak next year. And then, you know, he got better and better and ended up winning Queens. I thought, well, this is a fast development. And the reason I thought that maybe it was going to happen is Boris Becker did a similar thing. Okay. You know, and one Queens and then, and then one Wimbledon at 17. And, and I just felt that he had that kind of momentum and the same kind of, uh, yeah, joy of competing. It, it, I mean, you know, when Becker first won Wimbledon, I mean, there was just pure, he played with pure joy and, and, and almost reckless abandon. And I think Alcaraz is, you know, made of the same ilk and and just a fantastic tennis player as well. I, I think, I mean, today is is genuinely a changing of the guard. That doesn't mean Novak might not come back and, and win again at some point. But I think, you know, Alcaraz is going to be the guy now. I mean, this is this is a little bit like 2008 in that we've got a guy that's so dominant on grass and we've now got a, the new guy who's been around for a year or two, who's been winning titles, including Grand yeah. Slams. And now, a bit like that 2008 final, he's now done it in, 
I mean, okay, he's uh, Novak is so good. He's got two backyards, one in Melbourne and one in in London. At SW19, yeah. uh, David. Yeah. Before you, before you, you want to say something else into what I've just said? No, no. I was, I was, I was just going to say it's. You know, I, I remember when Federer beat Sampras at Wimbledon. It wasn't quite the change of the guard, but it was the start of of, of the change there. Uh, but it wasn't a final. Um, and I think uh, I think to beat Novak on that court uh, when Novak is ready and 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 been playing well is is a serious statement that okay, I'm the guy now. David, one more before you go, and it has to be regarding the person on the other side of the net, Novak Djokovic, 23 Grand Slams. The calendar slam is no longer on the table, but um, I don't see any dimming of the motivation from that side of the net. No, absolutely not. And I think uh, I think the US Open is going to be uh, a, a very interesting uh, tournament because I think Novak is going to get himself really ready for that again. And, and want to have another go at Alcaraz in a final. So I think, you know, you know, this could be back-to-back -back kind of, you know, McEnroe-Borg, you know, back-to-back -back finals uh, where uh, uh, McEnroe got Borg in, 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 uh, in the U.S. Open. Uh, but Borg, and then the following year, McEnroe got Borg at Wimbledon and the U.S. Open. So uh, maybe Novak has, has one more you know, go at him at, at, at the US and, and, and could possibly pull it off. Uh, but I mean, it's also conceivable now that it would be very difficult for Novak to win another one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just thought that when, when Novak was on about 20 or 21 and Carlos was already here, um, that I thought he might have a bit more of a say in the last 12 months. But as it is, Novak being Novak has just been incredible. It's been 13 months, of course, since he lost a Grand Slam match. David, big thank you for you to join us today. I know you're busy preparing for Newport. We'll have a good chat about Liam um, probably on another day in the next day or two, I hope. Fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, David. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Bye. Bye-bye. As David goes off into the sunshine of Newport, uh, it's on the Newport is Vanch. Get my geography right on this. Is it um, East Coast? It's in, yeah, it's on the East Coast. It's in Rhode Island. Okay, cool. Uh, Vanch, so back to the match, back to that 27 minute game. And yeah. I actually felt, and I said it several times on the stream, I actually felt that that 27, I even thought that if Novak wins this, and it goes to 3-2. And he still would have been a break of serve down. But I thought it was so huge in the destiny of that third set at least that I thought if Novak breaks it, he's arguably the favorite for that set despite being a breakdown. I had exactly the same feeling as you. I thought yeah. that was really crucial because if Carlos goes doubles break up, then I could kind of see Djokovic kind of letting that set go, yeah. conserving his energy, and then starting out really strong in the fourth. But had he had he held in that game, which he had several chances to do, and... Carlos himself also had six break points. He finally took it on his seventh. Uh, that uh, that game was going to decide the set regardless. Because even if Djokovic is a breakdown, we've seen so many times that pattern where a player doesn't convert his break point chances and then yeah. the next game, he, right away he's broken, especially in a match like this. Yeah. Anastasia is asking if you're in Newport. No, but um, David is, who we just had on board. Um, Vanch is on the opposite coast um, in California, I think. Am I right, Vanch? Yep, California. So, um, Carlos wins that game. 
Uh, I thought it was quite interesting as well how that set panned out because actually uh, he, he broke again for 6-1. So, of course, it could have been, um, you know, he'd have to make, you know, have to serve it out, albeit I think he probably would have done it at 5-2 or something like that. Um, but it, I thought it was quite interesting because we were going through a period from the end of the first set all the way until I think about midway through or some point of, of playing the fourth set where Novak was not holding and not holding comfortably. Because don't forget, Novak saved at least one break point, maybe two at the beginning of the fourth set. Yeah, so two of them. Was, two of them yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So we, we had a period and it was very difficult to keep up with how many minutes and hours were on the clock. But we had a yeah. period of time for about an hour and a half where Novak just either couldn't hold or was being pushed in a big way to juice facing break points. But Novak um, did win that fourth set after a, a fairly lengthy uh, break. I do want to come, Vanch, about, and we'll come to the fourth and fifth set in a more expansive way in a second. I do want to come to some of the things that were going on as well during the match. The, there were some discussions between Novak and the umpire. I'm guessing it's because the umpire had warned him about the shot clock. Is that right? The serve clock? Yeah, he was basically telling the umpire to uh, wait a little bit before he starts the clock. Okay. So he could get his, but he get never his got a point and... penalty. He never got a point. No, he just he got, I guess he got a warning, did he? Yeah, he just got one warning. And I think the second time would actually be just a loss of serve. So Got it. Yeah, never got to that point. No, it didn't. But uh, there was also two other things that occurred in, in the first four sets, at least, or the first three sets, I think, actually. Um was a very, very lengthy or a lengthy bathroom break that I saw some people getting upset about on Twitter, sort of Sitsipas-esque. Uh, probably wasn't quite 10 minutes. I think it was like seven minutes between the first yeah, and last Yeah, it was like six point. and a half. Six yeah. and a half minutes. Um, I thought it was completely normal. I actually think that yeah. the other player should do it too. I would, I would actually wait for the other player to go off court. And if he's been off court for three minutes, I'd then go off for like four or five minutes and say, look. <laughs> I thought Alvarez <laughs> was going to do it. Uh, after the fourth set, but he was. I thought he would, but he didn't. He yeah. didn't. He didn't. Then, of course, as Terry highlights, there was one more sort of moment uh, where Djokovic lost his temper, and we often see racket smashes on the harder turfs of of the hard courts in Australia and the US, or perhaps even Canada as well. We often see, of course, on a clay court, on on a grass court, Djokovic managed to find one of the few hard elements, if you like, and that was the post of the net and the, the camera shot going close up on that post was kind of yeah. amusing. I don't know how the, um, the gentleman of, of Wimbledon would have felt about that, but uh, whatever, they realized that Novak is a huge part of the tennis history and we move on, I guess. I don't know if you've got any thoughts on, on any of these, these things that we've commented on. Yeah. I felt like Djokovic was keeping all of his emotions really bottled in throughout that, mm -hmm. that whole period. I mean, he was just furious about the tie break. We saw him boil over a few times in the third set. And once he, Got broken. I think he was so annoyed about that uh, swing, swing volley, volley that he missed on break point uh, that you know he, yeah, he just he, he just really lost his cool and he came came in on an approach shot. I think he would have expected a little more from himself, and then he just blew up. And Novak, he kind of needs to get his anger out because uh, otherwise he just doesn't like he, he just doesn't have that freedom anymore, and he can't unleash his shots. Uh, and yeah, I don't think the grounds, I don't think the Wimbledon people will be too happy about that. About the next um, post and probably get Terry's, time, but... Terry's asking, sorry, Vance, Terry's asking about um, him potentially losing his first serve after the racket smash. I, do do they act as, you know, he obviously got a warning over the, the, the serve clock, but the racket yeah. smash, maybe they act as 
independent warnings and yeah, they're independent. A second time. They're, they're, I think they're independent of each other. Yeah. Um, I mean, it doesn't really matter in terms of the spectacle. It was amazing, despite the fact it didn't go to um, quite as deep in the fifth set as that final of 2019. It wasn't far off being the longest Wimbledon men's final in history. And that, that was four yeah. hours 57. I think this was over four and a half hours in the end. I'm not sure, but... Yeah, but, 442, um, I think. So pretty, 442, pretty so not far off. Thank you, Vanch. Um, yeah. Let's just dial back a bit, though, to the fourth set because um, Alcaraz had break points at the beginning of the fourth set. I said how Novak was struggling. How did Novak turn the momentum around in the match at that point? Well, so so he gets out of that game at Love 1, 15-40, and he holds for one all, And then mm -hmm. he got the next game to Deuce as well. So finally, he was starting to make some inroads in the Carlos serve. Where yep. for a while, yep. you know, like Alcaraz's serve was was the better of the two, actually. Which, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just credit to him. I think throughout this whole grass court season, I've just been so impressed with Alcaraz's serve. Just the mm. way he's finding... Even the spot serving on the deuce side, I'm more impressed by. I think he's hitting, coming up with body serves and big moments. And he's just he's just setting up his first ball after this serve really, really well. So it didn't surprise me if there was going to be a patch in this match where he was going to get hot on it. And that happened. And then, but Djokovic, like, found his way into that game. There was that crucial... Uh, Forehand volley miss at two all thirty fifteen. Uh, I remember it very I, well. I kind of circled that one, and I'm like, if he wins that point, where he had the whole court open, he's going to be forty fifteen up. You know, chances are he holds for three two. You know, maybe, yeah, him serving first in this set. You know, he, there's a chance it could have been done in four. And mm. when he didn't, uh, and then and then actually he did well to save one of the break points. Yeah. But then on the on on the final one, he he goes for this uh, forehand half volley. Like at the net, it's like a it's like a pickup, and he just he just yep. missed it. Um, and yep. Djokovic obviously had some good defense at that point too, so uh, he he was able was... to break. And then and then I thought Alcaraz actually played a kind of a sloppy game at three five to give yeah. his serve away because he double faulted on the set point, and he was just missing more off the ground. And his first serve started to go go off in that moment. And I thought, oh no, because you know you want to at least make Novak serve it out here, so he, you know you can serve first in the fifth set if you're Carlos. And uh, yeah, I yeah. guess it didn't end up mattering actually at the end. But No, it didn't. But if, if anyone doesn't understand what we mean by scoreboard pressure, or at yeah. least how scoreboards can affect the way the players are playing, I think look at that 3-5 game. I think in other circumstances, I think that, no, uh, that he does hold serve there um, if the scoreboard is 2-all or 3-all or something else. But he does lose his serve. But I also want to just, before we get into the fifth set, um, mm -hmm. I, I just want to highlight a couple of things and your thoughts. The, the def I don't think Novak was playing his best during the first set or at various points today, but yeah. his defense was still insane. He was staying in points and making Carlos, a very anxious Carlos in that first set in particular, hit another shot and often an mm -hmm. error. And I just thought Novak it can play better than this, but I don't know if his defense can be any better. I was thinking of some of those memes we see with walls at times because he was Novak was going from side to side and getting his racket on it, and Novak being Novak often getting good depth on those defensive shots. And there's a second mm -hmm. thing I saw, I was commenting a lot. It felt like a lot more than normal. We talked about the improvements that Carlos has made in his serve. I actually think yeah. he was serving bigger than the Novak at times today, which we never would have dreamt of a few months ago. And on top of that, a lot of body serves today, a lot of body yep. serves, and maybe the best returner of all time. Even he cannot necessarily, re he can react very quickly to an unbelievable first serve from John Isner down the line or, or out wide. But maybe, maybe the body serve is something that players could do a bit more of in the future. I don't know. Maybe it's just today. Maybe it's just Carlos. 
No, I mean, it, it has been his best serve, like, in big moments so far in his career. Like, I think back to the U.S. Open, you know, match point against Sinner. Huge body serve. Uh, certain situations against when he played Jari in the third round here. That serve got him out of a lot of okay. trouble in that fourth set. Uh, and then I think I saw a stat uh, in the Medvedev match from ESPN that, uh, like, 69% of his... 69% of the time he's faced break point, he's gone to the body serve. So okay. it's kind of like... It's kind of like a, one of those serves because it just jams you in the, uh, you know, when you're trying to as a returner, and then you just have no, you you know, you're likely he's likely going to get an unreturnable out of it, and he's been doing it on some second serves as well. And I saw some serves today at one thirty-five in the fifth set, and I know he missed them, but you know, I just I just feel like his his accuracy is getting a little bit better, and it still has ways to go in in terms of the spot serving, but he's just able to open up the the forehand afterwards and. I think that just really frees him up because then when when he's got that shot going, then on the return, he, he has a ridiculous ability to also... He's played so many big servers this tournament, which I think really helped him. Okay. Because now he's able to just, you know, block chip returns back into play. He gave himself more options, I feel like. Whereas in the first set, and for most of the second, he was going way too big on second serve returns and not actually getting the point started mm. uh, on, many, on many occasions. But when he made that adjustment to go to the chip and the block return... I feel like he was able to diffuse Novak's pace a lot better and he was able to work his forehand into rallies. And I love what he did with his slice backhand. I knew that was going to be key to break Djokovic's contact point. We saw, okay. of course, Federer do that quite a bit in the 2019 Wimbledon final, even though he didn't win it. Uh, I felt like that was a very good play for him, just especially in the backhand cross-court to cross-court. Because mm-hmm. anytime he injected pace with his backhand, Novak has this incredible ability to absorb all of it, redirect it down the line. And I think he feels more comfortable when he sees that power coming right at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when he's at his best. But if you can break the contact point, hit a few higher loopier ones, and then hit the low slice and draw Djokovic forward, I felt like he was very uncomfortable with that shot. And every time he was having to go to the backhand slice approach, then Carlos could use the lob, he could use the pa- forehand pass cross court. So I felt like tactically that was a very good way for Alcaraz to uh, set up a lot of the baseline rallies and just kind of find the offense. So we get to the fifth set, and now I'm thinking... Um, I mean, before the match, before the tournament, by the way, I did go for Alcaraz as Wimbledon champion, but yeah. I just thought that that Novak's, not luck, that's the wrong word, but I just thought Novak's run is going to come to the end for some reason. I had a feeling that it would happen this year. I didn't know if it would be Sinner or, or Alcaraz or someone would stop him. But either way, I did go for Alcaraz at the beginning of the tournament for one reason or another. However, if you'd have asked me at the beginning of the fifth set, did I have confidence in that prediction? I would have said no. And there's a couple of reasons. First of all, I even said before the match that Many people were predicting this to go five. Many people were predicting Novak to win. Many people were predicting Carlos to win. I I didn't hear anyone predict a straight sets win for anyone. And I don't recall even a four set win for either player, actually, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, But when it goes five, I I couldn't see it before the match. And I certainly couldn't see it as we went into the fifth. I, there was, I couldn't see Carlos winning this match in five. So I thought Carlos would get it done in four or less. And when it goes five, of course, with the momentum shift that we'd seen with with also with Novak breaking Carlos in that final game of the fourth set, meaning he serves first in the fifth. Um, those two things, but on top of anything else, I mean, 23 grand slams and all the rest of it, um, meaning in the tightest of tight moments and the memories that we store uh, and the positive tissue. There's, I don't know what the opposite of scar tissue is, but the positive memories we have that I thought Novak would be able to draw on and therefore get over the line. However, yeah. the beginning of the fifth set, we had break points on Carlos's serve. Am I right? At least 
there was oh, there was breakpoints on Novak's serve, I think, or one breakpoint, yeah. but Novak holds. And yes. you're thinking, wow, one. And now those thoughts that are, are just, I'm doubling down on those fifth set thoughts that Novak is going to win this, having saved a breakpoint and he's one love up. It's a huge moment in the match in my opinion, normally. Yeah. Then, of course, we've got breakpoint on Carlos's serve. And I, I know we mentioned it earlier, but I want to say a couple of things about the swing volley at 30-40. When that ball is in the air, I'm thinking, this is a smash, but it's a difficult one. Yeah. Now, I, I, I have realigned my thoughts a bit, having watched the replay. But as I'm watching that live, I'm thinking, this is a smash, but it's a difficult one. And we'd already seen Novak, with two smashes in rallies, lose the point. And he probably yeah. had like four or five all day. That's a pretty poor ratio to win 40% of your smashes, if you like, in terms of the point. We saw yeah. one where Alcaraz managed to defend it and ultimately win a point. We saw another one where Alcaraz did a passing shot. So I'm thinking all of those things, plus, you know, sages like yourself and perhaps even my me, know where, where Djokovic's only weak point, arguably, is the smash. But it doesn't normally matter because he normally wins the point. However, it was a much more difficult smash than any smash he performed today and possibly in his career, especially the moment in the match. And I guess because of that difficulty aligned with um, aligned with the moment and aligned with his strengths and weaknesses, he elects for the swing volley and he dumps it into the net and Carlos has saved the break point, if you like, and he gets to juice and then Carlos, I think, wins the next two points. So he certainly goes on to win that game. Am I am I am I being a bit too because there is an argument to say actually the smash would have been the wrong choice of shot. I don't know if you've got any thoughts on that. Yeah, I felt like it was maybe too. Sh- it was uh, it was going to be an uncomfortable smash just because yeah, the ball was so so high up and at that moment, like I I thought it was going out. So okay. when Djokovic when Djokovic hit the swing volley, I was like, man, he should have just left it because that was going out and yeah, then true. he would have had the break. But then I watched the replay and I'm like, actually, I don't know. This was a lot closer. I think it's going to land in. in. Yeah, I, I thought maybe it's going to land in. And also with it being windy and everything, you know, maybe that's okay. skewed my perception. But when I saw the replay, I'm like, okay, actually, that's not a terrible... He just didn't execute it because like a volley would have been hard and an overhead would have been hard. Mm-hmm. So the only one in between is a swing volley. So, uh, Or just let it bounce and back up a little bit. But then, but then now you're having to deal with... Uh, you know, footwork. potentially starting the baseline rally all over and the footwork is a lot harder. So, yeah, I mean, it looked like a bad miss when I saw it, but then I saw the replay and I'm like, okay, actually, this isn't that bad. I mean, it was good defense, I guess, from from Carlos. Yeah. I'm trying to, I actually remember the, the the point end, if you like, rather than the, the, the shot before it. But so mm-hmm. Alcaraz holds uh, for one all. Talk us through the next few games. Uh, what happens next? Yeah, so then, uh, so so at one all, I felt like uh, Djokovic. So if I'm remembering correctly, yeah, I, I mean, this is the game that Alcaraz broke, obviously. I think so, uh, one all, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, did a good job returning. Djokovic was missing a few of his first serves, so that certainly helped. Um, Alcaraz had a few more second serve looks. Uh, but then he, uh, but then uh, there was this, on the break point, um, Alcaraz had some good defense, blocked some shots back in play. Uh, and I think Novak had a forehand approach. And he approached it to Alcaraz's backhand. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Alcaraz hit this backhand pass down the line yeah. for the break. Uh, yeah. And that was, uh, that was uh, you know, usually he had gone cross-court on a lot of those passing shots. And those seemed to be effective. But this time he went down the line. And I think Djokovic paid for, you know, not doing enough with the approach maybe. But still, Alcaraz had to hit a really difficult pass and he came up with it on breakpoint. 
Uh, and then I felt like just the way he served the next few games, yeah. I thought he was going to get more tight at 5-4 especially. Yeah. And even at 3-2, for example, 4-3, uh, you know, there were some moments there where he really could have, um, you know, tightened up a little bit. And he didn't just didn't allow Djokovic back into the match, I think. That was the most impressive thing for me, the maturity that he showed because he was going for winners. I mean, there was at one point where he had 14 winners and Djokovic had zero. So, uh, you know, and he was also not, not making many unforced errors. I think Djokovic only had two at that point. Um, obviously, shots that are like much, much in his control and not, not, not like forced errors or anything. So that was, that was the impressive thing that he didn't, that Djokovic wasn't able to get back in the, in yeah. The I mean, I kept ticking off the service games for him, but it still felt a while away four, three, two, and mm -hmm. then eventually one. In the final game of the match, it does get to was it fifteen thirty or thirty all? I'm, I'm I'm just trying to remember. Does it was it fifteen thirty? Oh, I think we've lost Vanch. Maybe he'll be back in a second. But uh, either way, the way um, Carlos Alcaraz served that out, I thought was extremely impressive. His, his nerve management, at, conversely, at the end of the match was far better and far easier. I don't know if you can still hear me, Vanch, but I can't see you. Anyway, uh, I will just hopefully Vanch will be back with us in a second. But um, oh, there you are, Vanch. Just I see you again now. So anyway, the way he served it out was it fifteen thirty or thirty all? I think he got to fifty. I think it was three two fifteen thirty. Oh yeah, three two fifteen thirty. But what about the last game of the match when it was five four? Was it was it? It was certainly thirty all. But I wasn't sure if it's thirty fifteen yeah. or fifteen thirty. No, I think it. I think it was thirty all because thirty fifteen. I remember him losing all. that point, and Djokovic hit an inside out forehand winner to get to thirty all. Yeah, yeah, and now you're thinking, okay. I mean, Djokovic was always going to make him work for it, and he absolutely did. But yeah. a lot that, of first, that, that, uh, thing that was clue is was awesome is that he made his first serve at 30 all, and he yeah. went down the tee and he kind of had Djokovic guessing and lunging for the backhand return, and it was just wide. Uh, or yeah. I mean, just on it was, it was. I remember that. Yeah, just landed out. Yeah, yeah. Just so yeah. Carlos Alcaraz serves it out for his first Wimbledon title. Let's uh, sort of finish, Vanch, by looking ahead to the yeah. short and maybe even midterm future. Um, Djokovic is now over the line in the 23 Grand Slam race, I think, and it probably will be enough to secure that for him. Uh, as we look ahead to the upcoming few weeks in North America, and in particular the US Open, um, I guess right now Carlos Alcaraz is the favourite, right? Yeah, I think so. He's the defending champion, uh, and uh, he's yeah he's the best player in the world right now. Uh, on on all surfaces, uh, he's top two, and I just think uh, he is uh, going to be uh, smarter about his scheduling. Obviously, I I think he'll play both the Masters events. I think Djokovic will probably play just one of them. Yeah, but. Uh, I, I certainly hope we see these two clash again in the U.S. Open in the in the finals. Me too, yeah. I, I suspect Djokovic will play Cincinnati and New York, whereas I think yeah. you're right. Um, uh, Carlos will probably play three. I don't think he'll go as far as four, but he'll play um, one of the Canadian ones. I forget which year it is and where it is, but either Montreal or Toronto. Yeah. And then uh, he'll go on and, and probably play Cincinnati and, and then New York. Um, anyway, that is to look forward to. I've got one more question for you, Vanch. And it's a discussion I was having with Jack a few weeks ago, over and under, if you like. And it was whether Carlos would win 10 slams or more. I mm. said, this is 10 days ago, I guess, on the as we were in the queue at Wimbledon. I said, and I was quite surprised at Jack's response. I said, he'll win 10 or more. Yeah. And Jack said, nah, he's not winning 10 or more. 
Well, he's already on two. Well, he's he's only played ten right now, and he's won two of them. So exactly, and he's also won one on you know at least statistically, we would suggest until today his worst surface. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I just don't see how he can be under ten right now. Not right. But I mean, maybe Jack would realign, but that was ten days ago. Okay. Yeah. No. 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 I definitely think he's going to be over. I'm yeah. Be over. Me too. All right, Vanch. Uh, big thanks to you. And big thanks to everybody who's tuned in today. Um, for those of you watching retrospectively, because I am going to chop this up and, and put it out there as a separate um, episode of, of Talking Tennis, a separate video, uh, get in the comments below, uh, particularly regarding that final point. Let me know if you think uh, Alcaraz is going to win 10 slams or more. And he'll, he'll, feel free to let me know about Djokovic and, and his future and, and where he will be at in the end of this year and maybe even the end of his career. Big thanks to you. Vanch, I think I'm about to lose my voice <coughs> uh, some six hours after I began this stream. And uh, I'm sure we'll be crossing paths again soon. Yeah, I look forward to it. This was a fun Wimbledon and it was nice to be on Talking Tennis uh, quite a bit. So, yeah, here's to more. Indeed. Take care, Vanch, and we'll speak to you soon. Yeah, speak to you soon. Thanks, John. If you enjoyed this video, make sure you hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on all things tennis. Sports Social Podcast Network.